Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3, exclusive to the Ginger's Perspective. We're on iTunes, we're on csduplicy.co.za, and of course on SoundCloud. Check out csduplicy on SoundCloud. So lots of options, and I post this to my Facebook page, so you can check it out there. And also, Football 2 Plus 3 on Twitter is where you can find us. Mo Suleiman joins me as always, the expert on all things football. And um, Mo, let's start off with York team. We speak about them a lot on this podcast. And unfortunately, Jose Mourinho is not making any more fans. The special one is under pressure. He's not liking anyone. And you lost to Brighton. What on earth is going on? Is it a case of no hearts from the players? Has Mourinho lost the change room? All those cliches that we have in football, has he ticked those boxes? Yeah, look, it's been a glum few the last couple of days for all United supporters. But I think it's a combination of everything. You know, it's the pre-season. Mourinho's going on about not getting the players he wanted. The chief executive, you know, not looking too happy with things. And it's just, I think it's spiraled out of control. I know that that uh, some of the radio shows, especially talk sports in uh, the UK, um, have been taking fielding calls from irate Manchester United fans. Some of them calling him an old dinosaur. Do you think Mourinho's running out of ideas, uh, or do you think his style is antiquated and uh, too old school for the modern Premier League? I have to agree with you. He, 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 it seems that he's the type of manager is is no longer. That's not the way the game is. You know, players need a manager they can talk to that, you know, is sort of like a father figure. And Mourinho is always, he's not that type. He's, he seems the type like, you know, you're grown up, you do what you need to do. I'm here to manage a football team. I don't have time for all the other stuff. And, you know, players don't seem to re- relate to that anymore. Well, let's hear now from Jose Mourinho after the defeat to Brighton. Uh, it appears like the Seagulls are your bogey team at the moment, Mo. Uh, but this is Mourinho chatting to the BBC after the 3-2 defeat um, at, of course, the home of Chris Hutton, who turned 60. Can you believe it? And, um, yeah, not a day Manchester United fans would like to remember. I think we were punished with, with the mistakes we made. And uh, that's, for me... Uh, the story of the game. We can go in many other directions, but uh, the main direction is we made mistakes, incredible mistakes, in some crucial moments of uh, of the game. And uh, by the mental point of view, mistakes that um, that killed us. Okay, so he's talking about making mistakes and being punished for making mistakes. Paul Pogba came out afterwards and said the attitude was wrong. United have to fix it before Monday night's game against Spurs. And um, I beg your pardon. Yes, it is Monday. Monday it is Monday. Yes, Monday's game against Spurs. They've got to fix it. They've got to do something. Mo, what do they need to fix? Do you change the, the formation? Do you... Um, uh, what do you do? Because... It, Look, he's got, to, he's got to come out and change the formation. You know, I think Juan Mata is as good as he is and you know, uh, gifted as he is. He's not a natural right winger. I mean, you've got someone like Pereira who's naturally a, white, a right winger. Play him there. 
you know, shift things around a little. Matter slows the play down. Yeah. And, you know, he needs to make some sort of change. And, and I think he needs to talk to his players and say, go out there and do what you do. I'm taking off the, the handbrake. Yeah. That's what he needs. Exp- express yourself, play it with freedom. And that's what you see when you when Man City play, when Liverpool are playing at the moment. You know, they play with freedom, with, with, with no real, nothing stopping them. Uh, Pereira also being used as sort of like a holding midfielder, like a gen... gen- it's not his natural game. It's not his natural game. So, anyway, lots to think about. Spurs are a quality team who I feel will be up there uh, knocking on um, knocking on the Champions League door. Can they get over the line for the title? I don't think so. I know that's a bold statement right now because anything can happen. But I still think the teams to watch, Man City and Liverpool, and Liverpool in particular, um, have been playing some good football. And, I mean, I know it's early doors in the season. But Virgil van Dijk has been a huge, huge key in their keeping clean sheets and being solid at the back. And then, of course, you've got a, a solid goalkeeper in Allison. You know, it feels like Liverpool have the right people in place that they can challenge for the title this season. What do you think, Mo? I mean, should we be taking Liverpool's challenge for the title seriously this year? I think we should because, I mean, if you watch the Crystal Palace game, they've overcome their first hurdle. You know, Liverpool traditionally would go away to Palace and lose or drop points. And, you know, they maintain their composure and they picked up valuable three points. If they can do this, I think that right through the season, they would they would naturally be uh, close enough to City. But, I mean, on goal difference, Man City are just light years away from everybody else. I mean, you know, Aguero scoring a hat-trick and... You know, they take off some of these players that are doing well and they bring on other players that are even more threatening. Yeah, Pep's got a great mix there. He really does have a great mix. What is the show that you told me you saw, um, a documentary on City that blew your mind? Well, it's called All or Nothing. Man, It's Man City's story from last season. But it's not just like a highlights reel of what happened last season. It's a behind the scenes. I mean, did you know that, you know, uh, Sergio Aguero and David De Gea are like best mates. They hang out together. I did not know that. Really? It's like mind-blowing. I mean, from their time, they were friends from Atletico Madrid. Wow, and man. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, it's a fantastic uh, documentary. If you can get your hands on it, where, watch where it. can we watch it? Is it a Netflix? Or what is it? Amazon? Where Where did you say it was? I think it was, it's, it's an Amazon production. Yeah. I, I don't want to digress too much, but Amazon are starting to make waves in, in terms of football rights, in terms of the Premier League. I mean, you also had YouTube showing the first ever free game. Um, I think it was a Champions League final that they showed. Um, so yeah. the dynamic in terms of broadcasters and pay-per-view and that is changing by this it's day. Sure. It's exciting. It's very exciting because it means the average guy in the street, you know, football technically should be free. We shouldn't have to pay too much for football if you think about it. But anyway, that's a story for another day. I digress. Jurgen Klopp speaking to the BBC after his uh, sides. It was it was always going to be a tricky fixture. Palace are a good side. I think Roy Hodgson has got a really good team. I'm I'm going to we're going to hear from Kenny, my mate, who's a huge Crystal Palace fan, season ticket holder. We'll hear from him a bit later in the podcast. But I think for Jurgen Klopp, he's trying to keep everyone calm right now and not get too excited about the Premier League title. Let's hear from the German 
now. Yeah, it's very <laughs> early, to be honest. Um, so I, I couldn't care less, really. It's not important. So um, we are not in a, in a race with other Premier League teams each weekend and look, wow, they scored that much. I really I, I was not 100% sure in the first half tonight that we will score tonight. So you have to take it like it is and you have to be a real, um, a real challenger. And that's what we are. All right, Mo, as um, most smart managers do, they you know, play down title aspirations early on in the season as we head into week three. But I think Liverpool at this stage against a team like Brighton at Anfield, you would feel they'll get past them quite comfortably with, with a dynamic attacking setup that they have and now um, are not a much improved back four. Yeah, no, definitely they should, uh, you know. But the, although Brighton might just be up for it, I mean, after beating United, travelling away to Anfield might work uh, against them though I think Liverpool will, will do well and probably cream them yeah I think so I think at the Amex Brighton are a different entity altogether you know with their fans a smaller stadium you know everything's on top but as soon as you go out you've got the cop going mad singing their famous songs that I won't repeat um, because I know it's a sin uh, for Manchester United fans but um, I think Liverpool will have too much for them uh, let's quickly touch on the rest of the fixtures this weekend. Obviously, Wolves host City, and that could be a banana skin for City going to Wolves at this stage because Wolves also look up for it. Um, they're, um, they, they did lose over the weekend, I think, um, but that could be interesting. But for me, all eyes will be on Arsenal-West Ham because Unai Emery has lost his first two games. It's the first time since 1992 the Gunners have lost their opening fixtures in the Premier League. Well, look, it was never going to be a, a, an easy run and a smooth transition for Unai Emery. And I think the Gunners fans are being a bit patient because he's a new manager. He's trying to instill his ways. And it's, it will be a, I think it will be a, a good game for them considering the two opening matches were, you know, Man City and Chelsea. So, you know, West Ham will be easier. And obviously the return of, you know, Jack Wilshere, famous Arsenal son who hardly ever played because he was more on the treatment table. Yeah. But uh, I think this this game will show showcase Una Emery's style and I think he will pick up the win finally. Yeah, um I beg your pardon, West Ham uh one I mean Watford no, what am I talking about? I'm I'm losing the plot here. I'm talking about Wolves. Let me just have a sip of coffee. Let's just get the, the hug in the mug going here because I'm clearly yeah, losing yeah, the plot. Ah, there we go. Okay, sorry. We're talking about uh, Wolves. We're now focusing on Arsenal. Um, mm -hmm. Hendrik Mkhitaryan has uh, been a little bit touchy this week, speaking to the Premier League um, and to Sky Sports. He says he doesn't understand why former players feel they have to criticise Arsenal and him, considering they had really two tough opening games. Let's hear from him now. Well, I don't know why people are criticizing uh, so much the players because most of them they've been players as well. They had bad games, they had, they had the good games and I don't know if they've been criticized and now they are trying to criticize us. I know myself if I've played well or bad so I'm the first critic in my football game and uh, I don't need extra criticism to, to, to feel if I've played good or I've played bad. So I know very well what I'm giving to the team and what the, key, the team gives me to me, but uh, I don't pay too much attention on it. Arsenal obviously take centre stage on Saturday. Um, then you've got Huddersfield-Cardiff, in which is a six-pointer. I think these two teams, come the end of the season, could be battling it out down the bottom. Um, and I think Huddersfield will need to get cracking here because... 
as soon as you come up against fellow strugglers, especially newly promoted teams, you've got to turn that into points, as tough as it can be. Now you spot on there, these, the, this type of a game is a six-pointer. You know, Huddersfield are dead last. They need to start getting points and you need to beat the newly promoted teams. And Cardiff managed to get a useful draw against your boy, eh? Yeah, unfortunately, that was a game I've completely wiped from my memory because Kennedy had an absolute shocker. So, um, yeah, missing a penalty in, in stoppage time. Yeah, well, let's not let's not focus too much on that touchy subject right now. Well, uh, I mean, he cost me a lot in fantasy points. I know. I would think that this guy, I mean, look, everyone's going to have a bad day. So so maybe I need to, you know, give him a little bit of um, uh, a credit. But it's bizarre because John Joe Shelby... What? Please, why didn't Matt Ritchie take the penalty? Well, this is what I'm saying. John Joe Shelby, at the end of the game, the post-match interview says, it's on the board, it's what the gaffer wants... Kennedy takes the penalties. That's all he said. So clearly Rafa Benitez probably has got to deal with Kennedy and with Chelsea, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, who knows, man. At the end of the day, Newcastle were lucky, I would say, to get get because they played badly. That was terrible. Well, um, they, they can't play the same way this Sunday against Chelsea. They need to up their game or they're going to get battered. Yeah, they'll, they'll get battered. And I think the, the one thing we have got going for us as Newcastle United is that we've got a great song in Rafa's got in one don made a deal with West Brom. Oh, get you. I think we need um, to move on yeah, from let, let's, start okay. getting some points on the board. We've got one point on the board, but I agree with you. Look, Chelsea don't like playing at St. James's Park, but with uh, the way Surrey set up his boys, the way Pedro is playing, the way Eden Hazard, Morata are starting to get into the game, Alonso... I think Newcastle could be in for a world of hurts on Sunday if they don't get their ish together. All right, so that's on Sunday. Uh, Newcastle United, who battered Chelsea last season in the f- uh, final game, welcome the former champions back, but it will be a very different uh, kettle of fish on the northeast on the time this weekend. Let's move on to the fantasy stuff now because, Mo, it's, um, if you had Aguero as your, your captain last weekend, you were smiling all the way to the bank. Um, let's talk about this week because do you go with an Aguero as a captain or do you go with a Salah as a captain? You know, what are, what are the thinking here? What's the thinking this weekend? Well, look, I would definitely stick with Aguero as my captain. Yeah. Although away from home, he is, he doesn't get that, he doesn't score that many hat tricks and a lot of points, but you know, he will get you a decent return if, if, if they're going to really press against Wolves. Yeah. Um, one something that's interested me is um, Chelsea's Alonso. Yeah, the guy seems to be getting scoring points for fun at the moment, so he might be someone you might want to look into. Yeah, um, and and he will definitely attack a lot more against Newcastle. Yeah, I, I think that um, he's the type of wingback that you know likes likes to get forward and bangs and crosses, and he's on, over the free kick with David Luiz and that sort of thing. So he's a guy who's going to get you points. Um, his defense. Well, that leaves uh, a question for another day. Uh, but I think in terms of the fantasy stuff, it's not about defending. It's about defenders that get you points. So I think uh, Alonso is a good guy to have. Um, you've got to have Salah. Well, I mean, he's been transferred in about close to by four hundred, close <laughs> yeah. to four hundred thousand yeah, managers already. Yeah, exactly. So you know, him and Benjamin Mendy as well have come in a lot. So. Those two might be options if you're looking for defense. So is it worth chucking an Otamendi, for example, and putting in a Mendy instead? 
You know what I'm saying? Switch those two out. You know, or, or, or what? What is your thinking? Because I'm trying to think of the defenders that pop up all the time. Like, so they'll play every week. They'll be in the box for corners. You know what I mean? Taking free kicks. Those are the the, the game breaking defenders, if I can put it that way. Yeah, guys like Kieran Trippier. Yeah, Trippier. And he takes free kicks. So. Yeah, I see he's one to get into your side. You've got to think like that because those are the guys that get those extra points. We tend to focus a lot on what's happening at the top and the Salas and the San, you know, the, the Sadamanes. But you've got to think, if you really want to bolster your points, you've got to have defenders who come in. So don't waste your time with, with like guys who are just solid at the back. Think about guys who actually get points. If you're going to go with decent defenders, get Three that are all like wing backs or uh, you know the guys that push up. Yeah. Your Alonso's, your Herrera, guys like you know, maybe not just stick for the guys who only come up for a corner. Yeah. So I I think Liverpool at home to Brighton and uh, City away to Wolves. I'm tending to go with maybe making a Salah a captain and Aguero a vice. And uh, I would stick with Aguero as my captain. And keep. I'm actually tempted to play him triple captain this week. Wow. Bold move. Bold move to get that head start. All right. Well, I think, Mo, let's um, quickly just touch on um, the matches happening this weekend. Just so you know, Hoppos won South African time. Wolves Man City kicks the action off on Saturday. Bournemouth Everton, which will be interesting. Arsenal, West Ham, Huddersfield, uh, Cardiff. Southampton, Leicester, those are all at 4 o'clock South African time. Then half past 6, you've got Liverpool uh, home to Brighton. Then, of course, it all happens on Sunday with Watford, Crystal Palace. Interesting match. Watford going for 3 on the bounce. Half past 2. Then 5 o'clock, you've got Fulham, Burnley. Burnley have been unlucky because Burnley are playing the Europa League. They lost to Olympiacos in that, that first leg last night. So, I wonder how they're going to be with such a small squad. You know, Sean Dyche big pressure on him to to balance get that balance right then Newcastle and Chelsea conclude matters on uh, Sunday Monday Manchester United Spurs let's have a prediction it's at Old Trafford nine o'clock kickoff let's have that prediction Mo I, I'd have to say we're going to draw it will probably be a 2-2 draw I can't see us not conceding with that shocking defense we have at the moment I mean, overall, the head-to-head, if history is anything to go by, before we wrap things up here on Football 2 Plus 3, um, head-to-head, they've played 52 Premier League matches, 33 wins for Manchester United, 8 wins for Spurs, there's been 11 draws. So, um, yep, anything can happen. Anything can happen, but I think you're right. I think a draw, Mourinho will be very happy with that result. Well, I hope he's happy with it and doesn't come out moaning about something else now. <laughs> All right, Mo, we've got to leave it there. Um, thanks very much for your time. Remember to catch us, catch us on iTunes, uh, The Ginger's Perspective, SoundCloud, CS2C, the Facebook page, and cs2c.co.za. And follow us on Twitter, at Football2 Plus 3, at Creepy Crawley. You can get all Mo's things um, when he sells his teapots and um, all other interesting things on that. So your parting words, Mo? As always, be champions. There you have it. Thanks for listening. This has been Football 2 Plus 3. Enjoy the football action from the best league in the world this weekend. South of the equator, Venezuela, a young lad was born, a young lad was born. 
And now he's back in the Premier League Newcastle fans are all intrigued Ill he still used to it We've had no cash and we're barely surprised Not the first time that Mike Ashley's lied So he searched and he searched for a deal that would work And improve our Newcastle side so Rafa brought in Rondon, did a deal with West Brom, get yourself a goal, son. Rafa's brought in Rondon, done a deal with West Brom, get yourself a goal, son.